Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Life Isn't Linear podcast. Life isn't linear and neither is the journey, but the goal is to keep making progress. This is Josh. You know, today, oh, I'm fired up, baby. As you know, I'm a huge electric vehicle fan. And again, I have a massive amount of respect, admiration, and love for Tesla. And you've heard me say this now in about three episodes. But recently, my buddy sent me a CNBC video of why there are so many electric vehicles on dealer lots. And I was intrigued to watch, as Tesla doesn't use the traditional dealership network, they sell direct to the consumer. So I was curious as to why this is happening. Now, I had my initial suspicions after doing the battery review, but I wanted to watch to see if my thoughts mirrored the facts that CNBC was giving. So I would encourage you to watch the segment, but only only after listening to this episode first, and I've embedded the link below. Now, I am the first to point out that I feel a majority of original equipment manufacturers or OEMs or legacy automotive manufacturers who sell via the dealership network make a subpar EV, and that is being polite, because it is very obvious if you study the design or watch teardowns by Sandy Monroe and Associates, those cars are inferior. Because I do believe in the things that Steve Jobs and Elon Musk have said, that a top quality product sells itself. This podcast isn't sponsored, but if it were, I would love to share with you the best hydration electromix out there, Nectar. If you're an athlete, fitness enthusiast, or you just want to stay hydrated, then Nectar should be your choice of hydration. As I'm recording this right now, I'm drinking the strawberry lemonade, and it is good. That's right. It tastes as good as it sounds, and it gives me the electrolytes I need without all the sweetness because, let's face it, anyone listening to this podcast is sweet enough. So see the link below for Nectar. All right. So I'm going to give my take on the episode, and I've pulled out some of the key points that the episode makes, and I want you to hear it first, and then I will break out the missteps they took along the way and why it doesn't paint the electric vehicle market fairly. Now, let's dive into the segment. This is my official rebuttal. The piece goes into depth about the amount that consumers have spent over $400 billion on electric vehicles worldwide in 2022. They also claim that the U.S. will add more than 1 million EVs, electric vehicles, in 2023. They state that the auto manufacturers are committing over $600 million plus dollars over the next four years. But then it makes a point that EV sales are slowing. Why? Range, pricing. I was a little nervous about going all EV uh, because my husband has an EV as well. Uh, and to have two EVs in the house, you know, it's challenging. I think the main issue is the long distance travel. Yeah. We've been kind of in that situation. You do have to plan. Yes. Oh, the dreaded range anxiety. Now, I have discussed this, and this really does not exist if you have a Tesla and you use the Tesla supercharging network. Now, I would be concerned if you have a brand that relies on third-party networks. They are unreliable and extremely slow. And this woman does have a legitimate concern if she can't use the supercharging network. Again, I'd be worried too. But fortunately, Tesla owners don't have this problem because the supercharger network is 50,000 strong and extremely reliable. There is a oversupply of electric vehicles in the industry today that is greater than the demand. This is Jeff Iosa. His shop is one of 383 Mercedes-Benz dealerships around the US. It pulls in about $40 million a year, employs about 50 people, and at any given time, keeps about 70 cars on the lot. About a third are EVs and hybrids. It's not 
that the customer is not considering it or entertaining the purchase. It's the reticence to that anxiety that exists relative to the range that the battery can produce and coupled with or compounded by the lack of public charging infrastructure. We're perhaps moving a little bit too fast. They interviewed and tied the majority of the opinion to an owner of a Mercedes-Benz dealership in New London, Connecticut, Jeff Iosa. Now, these dealers are tied to legacy auto manufacturers. Their interest is to keep electric vehicles at bay. Please remember that 60 to 70% of a dealer's revenue is service work. Internal combustion cars have substantially more parts than an electric vehicle. And in an EV world, dealerships will have little use because the cars won't need a large amount of service and they won't be needed in the transaction. And we can all agree that going to a dealership is painful. I mean, let's be honest, the dealership network is a problem. It's not a fun experience. And the reality is dealers represent brands of cars that people really don't want if they did their homework. People aren't excited about their cars. And here's a thought. The dealer network is so good, it's mandatory. And what do I mean by that? Well, many states have laws that were sponsored by their local representative years ago that were funded by the auto dealers and the auto industry to limit or exclude direct sales to the consumer. And this is what Tesla and Rivian do. The only group that loses in this scenario is the consumer. Hawks Automotive said in July 2023, on average, there's a 52-day supply of ICE vehicles at dealerships. If they stopped making cars today, a dealer would have enough to last 52 days. Pickup trucks went from 52 days to turn in January 2023 to just 57 by August. Meanwhile, the EV supply was closer to 90 to 100 days. No segment has seen a rise as substantial as EVs. It seems from doing a little bit of research that last year at this time, the supply was about 30 days. Electric vehicles today are added weight of 90 to 100 days. So why is this? Because people aren't buying cars. If you look at the RV, boat, and other expensive toy industries, it's the same. The big difference here is weight. Tesla doesn't have a wait time of 50 to 100 days. You can order a car today and have it within weeks. It was supposed to take my car six months. I got the order fulfilled in two weeks. The fact is, dealerships are selling electric vehicles that people don't want. The quality of the car for the dealerships isn't there. Not to mention, dealerships have been known to mark up their electric vehicles to gather more of their share. The fact is, 90 to 100 day supply is limited to everything but Teslas, because they are the EVs that everyone wants. EV inventory is going to rise at the same time that the auto industry continues to launch more and more EVs at that fifty dollars to $60,000 price point, which is already well saturated. There's demand for EVs. It's just that they're Teslas and they're a lot lower priced than what we see. Yeah, that's right. You heard it. There is demand for EVs. They're just Teslas. Because you know what? Like I said, not all of them are equal. And this piece lumps a lot of electric vehicles together as if they are all equal. A majority of ICE cars are all the same. The technology of the internal combustion engine hasn't changed that much. But by lumping all electric vehicles together, you make the comparison that the technologies in these cars are the same. They're not. The sooner the consumer realizes this, the better it is for them and the transition. As my battery core efficiency episode stated, not all battery packs are equal, and neither is the car that they power. Comparing a Mercedes to a Tesla isn't a comparison, it's an embarrassment. Tesla dominates in range, safety, and technology. 
pretty much all you want in a car, let alone an electric car. It's about two thirds of all EVs sold are Teslas because their prices are so aggressive. So not only do we have uh, fewer consumers looking for an EV in Q2, we actually saw that those that were, it's very hard to get beyond Tesla uh, with their prices and certainly with their supercharger charger network to go buy uh, an alternative. If gas prices get up to close to $6 like they are in most parts of California, we're going to see a lot of consumers there shifting toward, uh, toward EVs. Meanwhile, in Texas, gasoline prices are almost $2 a gallon cheaper in Texas than they are in California. He's right. Gas prices are down. And when this happens, people get comfortable again. They think a 30 to 60 cent drop is a time to rejoice. Once the pain at the pump begins, inventories in EVs will drop. And the pain will come again and again and again. We have seen this cycle again and again. Just look at the pump prices in California right now, just as the segment stated. In the beginning of the segment, you heard the lady complain about range anxiety. And many of the people that were interviewed are unlikely to buy an electric vehicle anyway, because it takes a mindset shift to take the leap. The retired generation, and I mean people like 65 and older, aren't going to take that leap into EVs. They just aren't. The gas station culture is burned into their brains. I did lots of research before I bought my Tesla, and many electric vehicles on the list that I made are well in excess of $80,000. The EVs by brands that these people associate with are Ford, General Motors, Audi, and Mercedes, and they're too expensive because these companies cannot scale. The only buyers for their cars are people who won't buy one anyway. It's an unlevel playing field when you have a manufacturer that sells in the space of vertical integration direct to the consumer and not use the franchise system, it gives some flexibility to that direct seller to be able to adjust their pricing and in, in the case of Tesla, um, conveniently below the threshold so that you can capture more of the incentive money from the government. What you heard in that whole segment was absolutely the most appalling comment that came from the dealership claiming that Tesla has an unfair playing field when you have a manufacturer that sells in the space of vertical integration direct to the consumer and doesn't use the franchise system. Well, duh, the dealer model is a dinosaur and they know it. The dealer model is bad for consumers. Believe me, by doing any Tesla research, you would confirm this. If the dealer model worked so well, Tesla would use it. The fact is, the dealership model adds layers of unnecessary cost to the transaction. Vertical integration is a good thing. By Tesla making a lot of their parts and technology, it lowers the cost for the consumer. It also allows them to lower their price when they want. So please pay attention to this part. The dealership network is an enormous cost to Legacy Auto, and it inhibits them from being competitive in the electric vehicle space. Legacy Auto isn't vertically integrated, and it relies on a very wasteful supply chain. The manufacturers and the dealers have known this. This is why states have dealer laws protecting them. These laws are bad for the consumer. So after watching this segment and this video, I came to a few conclusions. One, interest rates are the biggest hurdle for new and used cars right now. We have had cheap money for so long, people are going through withdrawal. And it's fair to say that people will wait as rates to purchase a car were 5.16% in September of 2022. In September of 2023, they were 7.51%. That's a 45.5% increase. And then one of the points the article makes is that interest rates have increased so much over the last year, and it is inhibiting people from buying cars. Two, the quality of the car. 
Dealerships and Legacy Auto, they've aligned clearly with a car that people don't want. Even if you're buying an electric vehicle, where are you going to charge it? Third-party networks that are unreliable? Only the supercharger network is capable of long-distance trips and the ability to reduce range anxiety. And it's clear from the interview, this is point three, that Jeff Iosa, who is representing the dealership network, is pretty clueless. He is stuck to the system that made him money. Internal combustion cars are not super reliable. He makes a claim that they will last for 20 years. And they will, with a shitload of maintenance, service work, and money down the train. There hasn't been a leap in the internal combustion engine technology for many, many years. And there won't be as long as the the technology has come as far as it can. He makes the claim that we should go hybrid. But hybrids are a double waste of technology. Why on earth would you want two separate powertrains in one vehicle? It's a maintenance nightmare and a waste of battery cells. My humble opinion is this. We are in tighter times, and they could get tighter. People are reluctant to buy cars with so much uncertainty from the Federal Reserve. The purchasing power of your dollar is down. Just look at your grocery bills. If people have extra cash, they don't want to sink it into a car. And they won't want to sink it into an electric car, as so many people really aren't educated about the benefits of the cost, maintenance, and safety. Because there's a lot of bad information out there. But rejoice, things are changing. British Petroleum BP announced that they are purchasing $100 million worth of superchargers. You are going to start seeing gas stations carry superchargers. And this isn't a new concept, as Meyer and Casey General in the Midwest have been doing this. But BP is a major oil company. They are not a local regional. Ultimately, people will have to be willing to change their purchasing habits and educate themselves. We have been taught to go to the dealer to buy a newer used car, and this is changing. The -the direct-to-the-consumer is a better way and a more transparent way. There's no hassling. But education is the key. We spend so much time as a society mindlessly swiping from screen to screen, wasting time on Facebook, Instagram, RX, and other outlets. Spend some time to understand what is coming. If you review the financials of the big three auto makers, they are in trouble. They are buried in debt, and they're heading into a transition that will disrupt the way they make money. Just take a second look at any OEM car manufacturer. They have significant liabilities, and they don't have the cash to make it through a really difficult time. Because in the end, being informed is important because knowledge is power. Take the time to learn about the technology that is coming. People aren't fooled by a turd sandwich that they're calling a gourmet hamburger. I will leave you with one key point. There's one part of this piece I really did agree with, is that people want EVs and they want Teslas. But this segment did paint EVs in a bad light or an unfair light. And there will be much more of this to come in the months ahead. Again, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give a like button and rate it as five stars because it does help the channel. And always free, feel free to email me at lifeisn'tlinearpodcasts at gmail.com if there's something you have to say or feedback you want to give. It's always welcome and read. And as always, be respectful, make good decisions, subscribe so you get all of the current updates. Thanks. <laughs>